I have turned into a fat little sausage that drinks beer and barbecues and I no longer wear shoes. Yes, I am the shoeless podcaster. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. How is everyone going? I tell you what, I have turned into a fat little sausage that drinks beer and barbecues and I no longer wear shoes. Yes, I am the shoeless podcaster. How is everyone going? I tell you what, the holidays are just awesome, aren't they? So I hope you guys having fun wherever you are. I hope you're still on holidays, enjoying a bit of time with friends, family, and creating those memories, which, of course, the most important thing to do for all of us. Now, I'll tell you what, property investors, it's time to master fear. We're going to crack the code of fear and how it cripples too many property investors from getting the utmost out of owning real estate. I was watching TV the other day and I saw a little news footage of an older couple, an older Australian couple. They'd been saving their whole entire life. They were 85 years of age. Oh my God, they've been saving their entire life to do a world trip and booked it in and guess what? They had never been overseas before. They hadn't travelled abroad before. And they left their dream, which was to travel the world until the last possible minute, till the 85. And guess what? Coronavirus has come along and dashed those dreams. It's got me thinking, surely something happened in their life which held them back from doing some simple travel abroad. Now, I know that sounds a bit perhaps pompous because not everybody is born with a silver spoon and can jump on a Learjet and travel the world. But I have to ask the question, was there a roadblock along the way which sabotage going earlier? I'm all about building wealth and I'm all about owning bucket loads of real estate. But equally, I am about creating dreams and living in the moment and making the most out of life. So I think it's so important to have the fear conversation with people. You know, setting aside some time during the holidays to map out your goals is really important. I want today's episode to really be centered around the idea that take one day out of your holidays and map out your future, right? Do it. It's going to be important. You deserve it. You deserve the life that you've, you know, got in your head. But here's the real truth. Property is reliable it's actually people who are not. You know, you can speak to anyone that has held real estate longer than 20 years and they will tell you it's been a pretty good journey. People, though, 
don't go the distance. And there's statistics. Look, CoreLogic has a great one. You know, a lot of property investors get to about year six and start to give up. They get out of real estate ownership. And a lot of that has to do with what I call saboteurs. And we humans have all these little voices in our head which actually send us bonkers. Most human beings are pretty bonkers. Let's face it, we're all a bit nutty and we've got nutty friends and we've got friends we love who are really fucked up and messed up and we spend a lot of our time and energy trying to stay in a state where we can stay motivated and move forward in life. Property investment is all about psychology. 80% of it's psychology. 20% of it is real estate, which I love talking about, by the way. We'll eventually skip back to the real estate part. But for this podcast, let's do a bit of psychology work around owning real estate, working out how to invest for you. You are a unique person. You are not like me. I'm not like the next person. We're all so different. You know, I've lost money in real estate. As much as I've made money in real estate, I certainly have lost my fair share of dough in the real estate marketplace. And every time I've lost money, I have been able to pick myself up again and go again. My internal saboteur, if you like, is to actually achieve when I fail. So for me... I can lose, but that actually inspires me to go again. It doesn't mean I shouldn't have lost in the first place. It's just the way I have my DNA. But many people don't have their DNA that way. We're all different. And there's actually no right or wrong. It's how we go about playing the game that counts. So, you know, perceptions are big. If you think you can do it, you're going to go and do it. If you don't think you can, you're probably going to at some point procrastinate and a self-sabotage voice is going to come into your head. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, what Sag's talking, what's he talking about, sabotage? What I am referring to as a property investor, to be successful from it, you have to own real estate. You have to put up with a lot of stuff and along the journey, your psychology is going to be tested. I really want this podcast to go to a place where you can talk about goals. But really, before you can even crack the idea of goal setting, you need to acknowledge that saboteurs exist in us. Property is reliable. People are not. Quite often, people are their own worst enemy when it comes to building wealth. People can play the overachiever, the victim, the destroyer, the baby with no grit. And unless we acknowledge we all have some demons, we actually quite often don't map out the best goals for the best future to make an incredible life. And I can tell you... Uh, there are all sorts of people out there and you need to start to self-analyze yourself 
So you can map out what type of property is right for you. See, a property that's right for me may absolutely be completely different as to one that is right for you. A lot of the rhetoric around property investment is should you you know buy a house should you buy an apartment should you buy new should you buy old what if you should actually just buy for you who are you the most successful property investors i know buy for the person they actually are the comfort level that a person has within them after all, life is full of jigsaw. It's a big jigsaw puzzle. You got marriage, you got kids, you've got the economy, you've got your job, your career, your business. So property investment is great and you want to put it in your life, but you want to know your limits and how to be you. And I love coaching the idea of understanding your saboteurs so that you can understand a little bit more about how you potentially will be the best property investor, the best property investor version of you. So here's a little question. Compared to people you know, what's your appetite for risk? Are you a risky person? Are you someone who's very conservative? Are you somewhere perhaps in the middle of both? Do you know people that have taken more risk economically than you and where are they in life? A lot of us are preconditioned by our surroundings and, you know, I have met people who have friends and family that have lost money in real estate, so their appetite for risk is very limited. Then I've met other people who've seen friends and family only have success from real estate. So their risk is, you know, their risk sensors are just so much higher to go for it. Now, whether to go for it or not is not the question. It's mapping out you. How do you adapt when something goes wrong financially? I mean, things constantly happen in the financial market. Interest rates aren't adjusted monthly because the Reserve Bank wants to be on TV for kicks and giggles, the world changes literally every month from an economics point of view. So how do you adapt when shit goes down? Like, are you one of the people that really fall apart and go into a, into a bad place when, if you were to lose money? If you were to buy an investment property tomorrow, let's just use a... I don't know, some easy math, 500 grand. And within six months, that had dropped to $450,000 because coronavirus came back or there was an emergency federal election or something happened around the globe to set off a small loss. How would you react to that? Now, I've lost money and, you know, this... Uh, last year, not this year, in 2000 and, well, actually the year before last year, so it's all so close together now, um, 2019, I lost $65,000, put a deposit down on a property and, um, you know, I wanted to uh, buy it and uh, went unconditional, exchanged on the property um, and, you know, I couldn't, couldn't settle it. 
financially, um, you know, the, the lenders didn't like me and I dusted the money, right? Now, again, for me, I, my saboteur inside me uh, more or less is okay with doing that because I know I'm playing a bigger picture and I actually then go, well, how can I achieve even more to outwit and outplay and outgame the loss? But that's just the way I'm kind of engineered. A lot of people would see that as the end of the world, the complete you know, undoing of the fabric of life. And again, that's just because we're engineered differently. So you need to know who you are. Your relationship with money is critical to the longevity and the word sustainability means to sustain something for a long period of time. To be a successful investor, you've got to be sustainable. Compared to other people, You've got to know your risk. Who are you? And when you hear the word risk, what do you actually hear? Do you hear opportunity or danger? So interesting because you can put 50 people in a room, ask people to consider what they think of risk, and half the people will see opportunity and the other half will see danger. Again, this is so critical. Now, perhaps you're even forming a relationship with someone, you're potentially getting married soon, you're getting married, you are married, you've got a partner and you may have a completely different risk profile to your partner who economically is going on a journey with you. A lot of people struggle if they don't acknowledge that when it comes to the downside and upside of real estate, we're going to create different behaviours as people. So some people get a real thrill out of potentially losing money. And you see this all the time, even in like the gambling world, right? People are like fireballs and tornadoes and, and they're prepared to lose to actually get a thrill. And economically in real estate, I see a lot of property investors also like this. And they're like tornadoes. They come into the market and they're like, we're going to buy five properties this year. And they go for it. And of course, they're prepared to lose with the idea that that would be absolutely thrilling if even if it, they went down in a blaze of glory. So again, no right and wrong, it's just is. But wouldn't it be good to match that type of profile with a really sound piece of real estate which is going to, you know, hold together despite the tornado? Do you think it's do you think well, let me let me phrase this. Do you think in gains or losses when you when you think of real estate? Do you think, I want to buy a property as long as I don't lose or I want to buy a property only if I win? It's an interesting question because, again, this really does come back down to 
who you are, what your level of emotion is, and really the need for the right strategy for you. See, when we analyse the idea of saboteurs, there are various versions. People can be a victim. Victims perhaps will uh, really feel real estate when it doesn't always do something good. Now, think of this, right? Like, when you think of the last real boom in real estate, it was kind of between 2012 and 2016. Real estate in many marketplaces bolted up in value. In Sydney, you were seeing real estate increase by like $10,000 a week. So, of course, a lot of people bought around that period of time and, and by their effort to buy around that period of time, they did so well. But a lot of people also bought in 2008 and 9 and 10 with the best intention for growth as well. But during that period from, say, all the way back really from 2004 to 2012, there was very little growth in the broad market in Sydney. So people who bought then quite often had a discontent with relationship with the real estate. They, their saboteurs would kick in. And a lot of people, if they don't get growth quickly or an instant hit, go into their saboteur mode. They become the victim. I bought the property and it didn't go up. However, property is a long-term thing. I think you can agree if you can hold real estate 20 years, 30 years, 45 years, you're going to be absolutely loaded from real estate. And yeah, it does feel great to make money day one, but a lot of people give up on the reliability of real estate, which is a long-term asset class. Everyone signs up to the long-term asset class and then five years in, if there's no growth, they become their self-saboteur. For many people, that's restlessness, that's being a victim, that's being a hyper-rational, that's being a stickler. Oh, this didn't happen. Who's to blame? Who can I get the stick out on? I'm going to be the judge. I bought it from the real estate agent. I'm going to judge that real estate agent. And of course, if you can imagine people who perhaps bought in 2009 to 2012 had this kind of emotion going on in their brain. And then all of a sudden, the market went up. And it's easy to talk about booms. But it's much harder as a property investor to go through the flat period of owning real estate, which is, which is a lot of it, right? It's almost like 70% of owning real estate is just flat and boring. And, and you have to absolutely work on you to get through to the other side. If you know deep down you've bought a great asset, you've got to hold it, you've got to keep it. And it's no use being restless or you're a voider or hyper-rational or a controller. And of course, this is where a lot of relationships break down because you might have like a stickler and a victim or a stickler and a voider in a relationship. And of course, they often spin their wheels when it comes to the idea of wealth creation. So I think it's really important to work on you as a couple or you and just work out 
exactly your relationship with money, your relationship and belief system around money. And quite often that really pops out when you uh, find some financial, you know, hardship from real estate. The cool thing is I honestly do forecast that real estate in 21, 22, 23 is going to be so good. It's going to grow. So get in there. Don't even muck around. But, you know, anyone who bought in 2017 in the middle of the uh, debt crisis around Australia and New Zealand when regulators were making it very hard to borrow or 2018, 19, probably hasn't seen the growth. So all of a sudden, you know, that hypersensitivity comes into their mindset. And this is what I just want you to understand. If you're going to set property goals, you've got to really know who you are deep down when it comes to financial management. How will you behave? Will you get restless? I'm restless. I've got to sell. I'm the restless guy. Got to... Let's try something else. Let's get into shares. Let's try and do a different tactic. Then, of course, the avoider, which is, you know, someone who's like, well, you know, not even going to play the game. So you can do yourselves some tests if you like. There's uh, a great way to work out your saboteur or your self-sabotage, and we all have them. Go to positive... Uh, positive. I'll put it in the show notes. I can't remember. Positive, positive saboteur, positive something or other. I'll put it in the show notes. And so you can absolutely um, click on the link and do your, do your own version of you. Remember, an avoider might just need a different property to someone who's an achiever. And that's just a way of engineering something which is going to feel safe for that person, certainty for that person, variety for that person. Now, I want you to think, if you're going to build some goals, and I really do believe that you should take a day off in the holidays, put the sausage down, put the surfboard down, get off the floating device in your pool and start to map out some goals. Again, I, over the years, have realised you can sort of do every course in the world. And I've done some. I'm telling you, I've done the fire walking at Tony Robbins. I've done all sorts of crazy things, hugging people in, in, uh, in, in uh, NLP courses and you name it. I can tell you... There is no point in creating goals if you don't know your self-saboteur. It really isn't because all that happens is you get drugged up on dopamine at courses and you take in the information and you get inspired and then you go away and cool off and then your self-saboteur kicks in. The avoider says, I'll do that tomorrow. The restless person says, wouldn't mind trying another course. The victim says, I didn't learn anything from that and I shouldn't have spent $1,000 doing it. And so all of a sudden, all of these voices enter your head and you get really nothing done. So the reason I start this conversation around saboteurs is is, uh, there is a meaning behind it. Know who you are. 
Because when you start to brainstorm your goals, you've got some serious things to consider. Family, travel, wealth, health, physical activities, self-development, community, contribution. All of these things are absolutely massive. And if you don't spend some time working on them, well, you're probably going to get the result. You know, you we are what we have. And if we don't work on us, well, that's what we're going to have. An unpolished version of ourselves. So again, you're probably thinking, man, I just want to listen to property investment and I want to, you know, should I renovate the unit? Well, all of this has a meaning because again, I don't want you just to be a property investor. I want you to be a lifelong property investor. I want you to go the distance here. You know, goals, there's some great books on it. It's probably great podcasts. I think you, you know, get yourself a great book. Go on Amazon right now to be delivered in, you know, 15 minutes probably. They're that quick these days. But for me, I just keep it simple. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And what do you want to have? Okay? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? Pretty simple. Obviously, when you do goals, there is a concept around making them smart. And that is specific, measurable, obtainable, relevant, and time-bound. So remember, your goals can be all about what you want to be, what you want to do, and what you want to have. And you need to put some rules around it, right? How much time to get things done, you know, how often you can check in on your goals, making sure they're realistic and not pie in the sky, and start with little things to get where you need to go. I think you can map out your goals. I don't want to get bogged down in, you know, how to create a planner for goals that you stick on your fridge. Just be realistic if you want a great body by June then you're going to have to do 50 times at the gym and you're going to have to be committed, right? So you're going to have to work on it. And really, writing down your goals should be as much about as writing down your dreams. What do you want in the next year? What do you want in the next two years, three years and five years? Have some real economic dreams here i want to be a successful property investor i want to uh, have five properties i want to do the five cities strategy whatever that looks like for you remember the goal is is obviously the broad part then you have to move to strategy strategy is really tackling the nitty-gritty of getting this done And you've obviously got to take action. So from an economics point of view, this show is probably more inclined about economics, though broadly today you can apply goals to just about anything. Your marriage, your your relationship, your health and well-being. Now, when it comes to setting some economic goals, I like to just point out a few things. One thing you should know when you're setting your goals is to make sure you understand your net worth. What are you actually worth? How far in the red are you? 
What does it need for you to replace your income economically? How many properties will you need to buy? How much equity do you have right now? What is your willingness to put some of that equity into the marketplace? Can you save money? Have you got some savings arranged? Can you put some of your income aside to save money into the future? How are you going to replace your income is a massive conversation. And I think a lot of that comes down to cash flow. So I'm going to give you my top cash flow tip. My top cash flow tip is to divide cash flow in three places. Operating cash flow. This is really how you run a business. Operating cash flow is obviously the money you need to live your life. What you need to do is not spend more than what you make and have a look at your operating cash flow to create a budget so you can remove some expensive and save more money. That should be 2021's biggest goal. Fix your operating expenses by February. When you've got other money invested, invested cash flow, this could be in the real estate you already own or it could be in other asset classes. But let's stick with real estate. You've got to do an investment check. Check how your cash flow is going. Can you put the rents up? Can you take a mortgage holiday for some extra cash flow? Why not? Can you refinance your properties for equity release? Can you uh, swap loans to get a lower rate? If you can produce more cash flow from your investments, you're going to be in a better position. Can you put the rents up? Can you uh, furnish your property and get more rent? All of a sudden, you've worked on your operating cash flow, your investment cash flow or invested cash flow. Finally, I want you to think about free cash flow. Yes, free cash flow. Now, I'm a master of finding free cash flow. You talk to anyone that works with me and they will be bemused how much money I can go and find out in the world to do deals and real estate deals. I am very good at teaming up with wealthier people than me to do deals and I use their cash flow and my mouth to try and find deals for us. So be sure to not miss that one. If you can get some free cash flow, it'll help you get further. And that could be as simple as doing a deal with your family member, your mom, your dad, borrowing some money, getting a friend involved, uh, doing a joint venture, working out what free cash flow looks like to you. And free cash flow is massive for certainly building a bigger and better economic version of you. However, you probably don't want to do that if you don't know what your joint venture partner's saboteur is going to be. You need to start with saboteurs before you build the goals so you can map out the strategy and take the action to go where you need to go. You can think basic goals to get going financially, things like starting to assemble a team that can work for you to find your deals or get you more money or lend you money or 
you know, an A team, an A six-star service is really what you need. Work out how much you want to invest, where you want to invest, make sure your tax returns are done, understand what percentage you can save from your cash flow, your three forms of cash flow, and set yourself up for a great 2021. Remember, today's show on today's podcast is about realizing our ego does control us. If we want to go the distance being a real estate investor, we've got to put our ego in check, whether we're a thrill seeker or a conservative. We've got to find the right investments for ourselves. If we're buying real estate, we need to know the downside risk of us and our saboteur and propensity to not reach our financial goals. All goals can be reached if you get to know yourself better. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I will be back on the next episode to give up on the psychology and we're going to move back to more the economics and urban world, discover some more things together to keep cracking the awesome code, which is wealth creation. Hey, thanks very much for your time. I will catch you again next time on The Urban Property Investor. Thanks for tuning in to The Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of The Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.